Hello and welcome to Coach Rich Rants, real takes, raw feedback, unedited and unscripted views of what's happening in youth sports, in soccer, both in the U.S. and in my local community. I will be bringing to you different takes from the perspective of either a parent of an athlete, of a player, of a coach, or as a club director and administrator. Having worn every one of those hats, I'll try to bring to you these takes from each of those perspectives. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to subscribe. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Coach Rich Rants. The topic of today's podcast has to do with individual player development and how homework can aid in the development of the skills and the technical capabilities of soccer players. The reason that I bring this up is that I have a winter training program that is going on and I am training for one organization, plus I have my own training that I've been doing and I'm actually having a record enrollment of students that I'm training in the winter for the type of training that I provide. And I don't believe that it's really to do with the type of training that I do. Well, actually, I do believe it is really to do with the type of training that I do. But I really think what it is, is that there's such a keen awareness now of parents and players understanding and recognizing the need to be technically competent as they advance within their soccer careers. And there is no shortage of opportunities for training that players can participate in, whether that is specialty training in any given sport, speed and agility, strength or strength or conditioning uh, or both. Um, and there's just uh, as well as foot skills and, um, and specialty training. So what I'm referring to when I talk about that kind of training and I talk about typically most organizations will have a, a 60 or a 90 minute session is typically in a clinic environment. Uh, It's typically once a week. So if you think about a typical multi-sport athlete who plays in their community or uh, plays, you know, travel soccer, community-based travel, they play for their school maybe uh, in the fall and they play community-based soccer in the spring. They may be on an indoor team and don't have a lot of access to professional training. They tend to be those ones that uh, enroll in those training classes to round out their skills, and there's nothing wrong with that. And then you have, of course, the club training players who, or the club players who actually train twice a week, uh, sometimes maybe three times, or train once and play an indoor game, or train twice and play an indoor game, but no shortage of activities to do in the winter, yet they supplement and complement what they do in their club by seeking out specialty training on their own. And again, that's all good stuff. But not everybody has access to those programs and not everybody can afford those programs. And so the players that are getting that extra hour, extra 90 minutes a week are certainly getting many more touches on the ball to improve their foot skills. But I think every coach knows and every coach says to every player that they coach, and if they don't, they should start, by telling the players that, hey, you're not going to develop the skills necessary to take you very far if you're only relying on the training sessions that are offered by your team as your opportunity to get touches on the ball, training, develop your skills, et cetera. 
it really becomes upon you to practice outside of training. And that's been going on forever. You know, basketball players used to spend hours at the basketball court. Tennis players used to spend hours at the courts. Golfers spend hours at the driving range. In every sport, athletes will, in a given sport, spend time working on their skills to become better at their sport. Soccer is no different. But there seems to be, I don't know why, a difficulty in players trying to understand what it is they can do to develop their own skills. So when I was in my club, I first started with a juggle journal. And the goal for me or for the players that I had was it would be great if they juggled enough and they kept the log and they turned it in and they could get to 100 consecutive juggles by the end of their U10 season. And that then had it took on a little bit of a life of its own and then became a a skills tracking log where the player would actually, you know, practice their skills 10 to 20 minutes a day, at least three days a week. They would record the number of touches, sometimes the type of moves that they worked on. And then the, and they would have their parents sign it. They would turn it into the coaches. And we had some fun at one time where we posted the scores and posted the charts and graphs. But of course it backfired in some cases because not all players did it. And parents felt like we were singling out those kids that chose not to do the work, which wasn't the case at all. Those kids might have been busy. They may not have had that as a priority. Certainly could be multi-sport athletes who have other things going on and just didn't have the 10 minutes a day to, you know, apply to their skill. Add to that, it's in the winter. Space is difficult. Um, those are some of the, the reasons why maybe it didn't go over well. Although I would typically say, and it's, it's hard for me to say without offending people, but that's kind of an excuse um, because 10 minutes is not hard to find. If you watch a 20 minute, if you watch a 30 minute TV show, it's actually 20 minutes of air time, 22 minutes of airtime and eight minutes of commercials. Think about watching a 30 minute show and having your son or daughter in front of the TV in a small area doing touches during every commercial break. They would get eight minutes in one 30 minute show. So it'd be pretty easy to be able to get the requisite touches you would need to be able to improve on your skill. And it also doesn't take up a whole lot of space either. It could be outside. It could be in the garage. It could be in the basement. It could be in the kitchen. It could be anywhere, provided that you do it the right way and you direct the, the student the right way. Part of the thing that we did with the skills-based program as well was we actually gave those athletes suggested homework to work on, which is we would teach them a ball mastery exercise for a move or a series of moves or a sequence of ball mastery exercises for them to work on that week. And the idea would be that the players would then develop on those skills. They would work on them on their own. They would get develop some sort of a mastery. We would then, the next session, review those, make sure they got it, and then we could move on. And always told the players, hey, the more you get this on your own, the more we can teach, the more we can work on other things. But if we have to stop and go back and work on these fundamentals and these basics because you're not doing it on your own, then we can only cover so much material in a given season, whether that's fall, winter, spring, whatever, right? I can only take you so far because you're still going to need to have the skills necessary to do it. And so, you know, enter programs like, you know, Joner 101, Beast Mode Soccer, uh, pro, um, pro performance coaching. Um, there's tons of different systems out there that you can subscribe to and apply to where you can actually be given, um, there's now a skills ball that tracks your touches. There's all kinds of things you can do as a parent 
or a player to, um, you know, guide you through the training. I actually, on my website, uh, a year ago, created a tracking log and uh, gave like four or five different sample exercises or workout programs with instructions on how to do the activities that, that players could do. Uh, I didn't push it that much, so it was only moderately received. Uh, have considered creating an app, but haven't yet. But the bottom line is, it's very simple. And if you look at the best players in any sport, and you look at the best players in soccer, certainly, those are the best players in soccer are the ones that get there, are the first at training and the last to leave. And they're there individually working on their individual skills before anyone else gets there so that they get their own time in before the rest of the team. So if you think about arriving at a park before training twice a week and you show up 10 to 15 minutes early or 20 minutes early and you work one-on-one or individually on your skills versus just shooting on the goal, if you did that twice a week, that'd be an extra 20 minutes. But if you work 10 minutes a day, six days a week, that's 60 extra minutes. That's the equivalent of one training session. If you work 15 minutes a day, six days a week with one day one day off, that's the equivalent of a 90-minute training session. And 20 minutes, those same six days, works out to be two hour-long training sessions that you will get one player, one ball every week. And if you think about that and how that would accumulate over the course of a season, over the course of a career, players that are doing that training on their own for only 10 to 20 minutes a day, five or six days a week, over a five or six year period in their soccer career, in their young soccer career, or longer, are getting almost entire seasons of extra training sessions in, only in 10 days a week. And the reason I bring this up is because I was, um, I was actually talking to a couple of people about working out as an adult to stay fit. And, you know, I was sharing that, you know, it doesn't take much to maintain your fitness in 10 minutes a day of high intensity training or 10 minutes a day of anything, you're getting an extra hour a week of training. And so if you don't have the time to go to the gym or you have a conflict or you can't get away from your meeting or whatever, if you spend 10 minutes every day on something else, you're going to get an extra hour, which depending on the type of workout you do, that could be one workout. It could be two workouts. It could be three workouts. Who knows, right? But that 10 to 15 minutes a day adds up. And so the same thing happens with young players. And if young players would take that same 10 minutes, they wouldn't have to pay for that extra hour of specialty training. So the extra hour of specialty training that they're getting, where they're getting those extra touches, where they're getting that extra rep, could be replaced just in 10 minutes a day. But then you think about those players that do their team training, that then go to specialty training, and on top of that, spend an extra 10 minutes a day. For those kids who want to go to the next level, they're going to receive the benefit of that work. And that benefit that they receive will be in comfort on the ball, confidence, first touch, balance, coordination, agility, and in some cases, fitness, depending on what they work on. So coaches, if you're not encouraging your players to do work on their own and spend 10 minutes a day, start by potentially handing out a tracking sheet 
start by showing them something they could do on their own between that training session and the next training session, or if you have multiple in a week, show it to them at each practice and have them do that same exercise or same skill all week long so that it gets built, you know, so they build that repetition and maybe sort of help them along a little bit by facilitating what the homework looks like and do it in a way that is fun for the kid. Make it challenging. That's the reason we did the reporting. Like, again, uh, being able to track that and reward players and do all those things would be really cool if it doesn't, you know, send the wrong message to those who don't participate. So you have to have a willingness to participate if you want to gamify it or if you want to make it a contest or something like that. But you also want to make it to a point where it's fun and the kids do it on their own and the kids just have an interest in doing it because they're, you know, you don't want it to become work. And then the parents out there kind of drilling the kid on doing the work and don't do 10, do 20, do 30, do whatever. And then all of a sudden it becomes, you lose the spirit of it. And that happens a little bit. Um, I saw a really cool thing that um, one of my contemporaries has done where, and I, I only saw it kind of by accident when I was checking out Twitter in that they had a contest, a skills contest, a freestyle skills contest where the kids recorded themselves doing a little uh, freestyle activity and they promoted that kids, the winning video on their Instagram, on their Facebook and on their Twitter pages. And I thought it was kind of neat. So I also know that I, I've involved in Corver coaching and I've, um, uh, the guys that I'm affiliated with out of Maryland actually um, produced a Friday footy series where they had contests for kids to, to do some foot skills training and, and send in videos on YouTube, um, and they actually have some free training that they put out there. So there's no shortage of activities that you can do out there or you can or you can find out there to work on that extra specialty training to become better. Um, you hear about, again, back to the professional athletes that have spent hours and hours and hours in the gym, hours and hours and hours in the practice field. It's the work that gets done that when nobody's watching that counts, right? You've heard that millions of times. Well, if you really want to encourage your son or your daughter, if you're a coach, your players, to really develop their technical skills, why not promote the idea of doing home-based skill acquisition, a.k.a. homework, and incent them or motivate them to practice just 10 minutes a day or longer, 10 to 20, three to you know, six days a week, depending on the duration, to try to get that extra 60 minutes a week of individual one-on-one, one player, one ball time, which is the equivalent of an extra training session, and see what kind of improvement they have. I will tell you that when I challenge players on juggling or to learn moves, they're so excited to be able to show you what they've learned. They come into the training session, coach, 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 I can do it, I can do it, check this out, I can do it. And it's fun for the kid and it's fun for the coach. So it's something I think that is a simple thing to do. It doesn't have to just be in the winter. I think it should be year round. And I just don't see enough people doing it. But I will tell you who I do see do it. Those players that I see at the specialty skills training program, those players that seem to have really good touch and seem to have a passion for the game. Those players who are often the better players are also the ones that are working on it outside of it. It's not enough to just show up and be a good athlete, but you have to put in the work. 
And especially if you're a multi-sport athlete where you're always working around conflicting schedules, it's much easier to fit 10 minutes in a day than it is to fit in an extra hour or an extra training session per week. So why not, if you're a multi-sport athlete, embrace that 10 minutes a day, find a system or a place where you can get some good ideas for how to spend 10 minutes on your foot skill and work on your foot skills and improve your foot skills that way. Especially if you have a conflict between your two sports in a particular season that forces you to miss a training session. You can make up that training session in 10 minutes a day, six days a week, or 20 minutes a day, three days a week. So think about that. So anyway, that's all I have for you today. I'm hopeful that you listen to this and potentially change your habits and um, encourage your son or daughter if you're a parent, encourage your player uh, if you're a coach, and if you are a player listening to this, challenge yourself to get out there and train on your own for five or 10 minutes a day or 15 or 20 minutes a day. Get that extra training session a week just by getting some touches. It will improve confidence on the ball. It will improve your balance, your coordination, and your overall foot skills and make you a better soccer player or make them a better soccer player overall. So thanks for tuning in. I hope you appreciate it and enjoy the podcast. Um, Feel free to like and subscribe, and I will catch you guys next time. Take care.